Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. Uh, we're going to continue in the series that we've been in all month today, talking about the good news. And to, to, today's title is The Journeys of Christmas, the journeys of Christmas. Now, just uh, with a, a poll of raised hands today, how many of you traveled from out of town to get here today? Just, you know, if you're not too shy, just raise your hand. A few hands across the place. Did you travel from out of town? Who thinks that maybe they, they traveled the furthest? Anybody think that's possible that they traveled the furthest from out of town? Anybody? Anybody fly to get here today? Right? Hey, we, no, no. Nobody flew. We got some over here. Where, where'd we fly from? Tampa. Anybody further than Tampa? Dallas, Texas. That, that might be. I don't know. That's, I, you know, somebody that knows geography better than me is going to have to answer that one. But man, thanks so much. And how many of you know when you travel, make a, a, a long dif- distance travel, there's plans involved. You probably got the tickets uh, quite a while ago. You've been, you've been dreaming about being with family. You've been thinking about Christmas. But, you know, it takes work. If you're like our family, you probably have a set kind of rhythm for Christmas. And so this year, uh, we'll spend Christmas Day uh, having dinner with my parents who are in the house today. Man, I'm so thankful to, to be able to be with, around them at Christmas. Um, and then on the other year, we go and, and spend Christmas with my, my wife's family. And that's just been our rhythm. And it takes planning and it takes prep and, and we look forward to it, right? Or maybe, Maybe you're a total fly by your, the seat of your pants type person and you don't even know where you're going tomorrow. It's like you're just going to see what comes up, right? Maybe you're going shopping today <laughs> for the last minute items. You're hitting up Walgreens or CVS and you're, you're, you're Googling what is still open on Christmas Day. Has anybody ever done that before? Come on, let's just be honest. Raise your hands. It's like, uh, and, and by the way, I saw the sign on the door of UDF. They are open tomorrow. Can you believe it? And so if you need something, uh, you can hit up UDF. But Jesus' arrival to earth was anything but spontaneous. It was anything but haphazard. It, it had been planned for hundreds of years. And, and you could even say, when you look at Scripture and you read John chapter 1, if you want to do that when you get home today, that it was in the works from the very, very beginning, before any of us were ever around, that Jesus planned on coming and being our redemption. In fact, 700 years before Christ was born, Isaiah penned the words found in Isaiah 714. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, Isaiah said, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the fulfillment of that prophecy is why you and I are sitting or standing here in this room today. It's why every single year we put up all the lights and put up the tree and, and have all the celebrations and, and make your eggnog and, and have a good time, right? Because Jesus came as a baby. And so the last few weeks, we've been putting this verse into kind of a modern day paraphrase, a modern day vernacular, because man, we know what that meant for Mary, that the virgin conceived and and she had a baby and it was God with us. But what does that mean for you and me? And this is the miracle of the gospel that I just want to share with you in one short phrase. Listen up, listen up, 
Something impossible is going to happen in your life. And your future will look completely different than your past. That is the promise of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that God still does miracles. God still works in people's lives. And he can do something that you thought was impossible in your life. And your future can look completely different than your past. Some of you are thinking about your past today and you're like, man, that'd be nice. I would love, love a future that looked completely different than my past. But many times it's a journey up to that moment when something impossible happens in your life. And that's what we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about journeys to meet Jesus. Journeys to Christmas. Maybe you met Jesus as a child. You, you grew up going to church. Maybe You've never considered Jesus, and, and in your mind, your journey hasn't even begun yet. Maybe you're here with family today, and you're an atheist, but somewhere deep in your heart, you, you still have questions. Maybe you'd say you're agnostic. You're open to the idea of God, but you don't see him at work in your everyday life, and, and you don't really know if he has anything to do with you. Maybe you, you follow Islam or, or Buddhism or Hinduism or some other religion, what we see in scripture is that even those that weren't even on a purposeful journey to meet Jesus found themselves being affected by him. Some of them met him. Some of them were scared of him. All kinds of people met Jesus, whether they thought they were on the journey or not. And so let's look today at some of the possible journeys people take towards Jesus. Let's talk about the real meaning of Christmas, okay? So the journeys of Christmas, here we go. If you wanna fill in the blanks in your notes or you can op open up the Mosaic Cincinnati app and uh, there's fill in the blanks on there as well. But follow along today. The first thing that we see when it comes to journeys towards Christmas is that sometimes it's a short journey and we thank Jesus for this. We see in Luke chapter two that that some angels showed up and told shepherds about Jesus. And so I would like to say, you know, when it comes to this, that, that God came to them, like literally. God showed up in their life, in the world, right where they were at, and it was this, oh, moment, right? It was, it was an amazing moment. The sky opens up, the angels are there. It's awesome. But listen, how many of you have never celebrated Christmas anywhere but, like, this surrounding area. Anybody? Like your whole entire life, it's been here in Milford or Loveland or Goshen or, or some. Hey, so there's a lot of you. It's like you've, you've never traveled for Christmas and that's awesome. Man, there's just something about being home. And so it was kind of like that for the shepherds. They didn't go anywhere. Jesus just came to them. They had a very short distance travel for Christmas. Jesus had just been born and God sends word of his son's birth first to the hometown crowd, but maybe the, the least likely to hear about it. These, these guys weren't aristocrats. They weren't important people. They were just normal people like you and me. And by the way, our church, Mosaic Church, is full of just really, really, really normal people just trying to love Jesus. And so if you're wondering if you'd fit in, you will, because we're just people, just people, just like these shepherds. And so Luke 2, 8 through 20 it says, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. It's a short distance travel. 
guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Talk about getting close, right? They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Underline that word all, that's a big one. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. What an amazing picture. We sang about it already to open the service this morning. So after this this proclamation from the angels, they saw an even bigger, huge army of angels praising God. After this, they went to Bethlehem. They found Mary and Joseph and Jesus, just as they were told. They told everyone what had happened, and they're back to their flocks. So this was a very quick thing. We don't know exactly how long it takes, but as you read the passage, you're like, they heard it, they went, they saw, they came back, and they were back to take care of the sheep that night. That's kind of the feeling that you get when you read the passage, right? But you think about this, and you think about what what could it mean for me in my life? Like all newborns in that day, Jesus was bundled in strips of cloth. He was bundled in swaddling clothes. Maybe you've heard it like that. Yet unlike all other children, this infant, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, the savior of mankind lay in a feeding trough or in an animal stall. It was probably not in a barn like sometimes we imagine in our, in our cute little nativity sets that sits on the mantle at our houses. It was more likely a cave. It was more likely a cave, a place where shepherds would come and put their animals out of the elements, out, out of the rain, you know, just, just for a break to feed them and to, to, to get someplace safe during a storm. And so, listen, if it was a cave being used for this purpose, it's possible that it had been used by the very shepherds that came to see Jesus. So not only did God meet the shepherds in the field, But Jesus himself was born in a cave that maybe they used for their own sheep. Talk about Jesus coming to you. Talk about Jesus caring about you and thinking about your life and where you're at and what's going on with you. Jesus chose the least influential people in town to be the first to hear. What does all this say to us? What does all this mean to us? That God, in his grace, shows up right on your doorstep sometimes. Right on your doorstep. He lays it out, what's going to happen in a clear and compelling way. The angels show up in the sky. They're like, listen, the Messiah's coming. He's down in Bethlehem. You got to go see him. The Messiah's here. It made sense to the shepherds. They understood it. They went and they saw. They were terrified. But at the same time, there was peace and there was joy. Have you ever felt like that? They they had to realize that they were not alone in this life. The light bulb clicked on. 
This short journey that they took, what I want it to symbolize to you and to me today is God's amazing grace. That you don't have to do anything to earn an audience with God. That you don't have to do anything to earn an audience with the king. That it's only by the grace of God that he came where you're at to save you, to redeem you, to do something impossible in your life, and to give you a new future. You see, the same grace is shown when you come to Jesus. The same grace makes it possible that even when you've run a thousand miles away from God, and by every choice in your life, you know, you've been acting as if God didn't exist, the same grace makes it a really short journey that even though I've run a thousand miles in that direction, when I turn around, Jesus is just one step away. Sometimes it's a really short journey. And the same short journey that the shepherds took on that night, you can take today and meet Jesus. The second thing that we see is that sometimes it's a long journey. Let's talk about the wise men for a few minutes. They knew what it was like to go on long distance travel. Probably it was not just the three of them. They probably had a a caravan and people helping them and lots of luggage and animals and, 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 and they were a sight to behold probably. They were people of means, they had money, they had knowledge, they were very smart. And they went to Jesus. Long travel, long distance travel only happens when there's something really worth it on the other side. You ever thought about that? It's like, I'm not going to go on a long journey that is hard and arduous unless it's really worth it. Why? Because it's hard and it's expensive. (laughs) You know, back in their day, it was probably really hard because they're traveling long distance on camels or other animals and and, and they don't, they don't, there's no rest stops. There's no UDF on the side of the road where you can stop again and ice cream. You know, there's nothing like that. It's hard to travel back in those days. For us, it might be easier, but man, is it expensive. And so it doesn't matter whether it's hard or expensive. It just, it has to be worth it, right? It has to be worth it. Many times we've traveled to Florida for Christmas, as I mentioned earlier. Last Christmas was a doozy. If you remember, man, there was about half as many people in this room last year because there was an ice storm on Christmas Eve. And, and so a lot of people just stayed home and watched online. And so the day after Christmas, we, we take off. And we're driving down to Florida, and we get down in Tennessee of all places, and the roads are just complete trash. Snow, ice, it was a mess. And so it took us forever to get there, but you know what? We kept going, because what was on the other side of that journey was really, really worth it. You must think, Joe, you must really love your in-laws. And yes, I do. Yes, I do. They're worth it all day long. There was a time in my life when my parents who are here today lived in Minnesota. And how many of you know, we'd get up there and the weather would be Minnesota. It had to really be worth it for us to go and be there at that time of year. Something drove the wise men towards Jesus. Something drove them there. You know, we read that it was a star And somehow they knew that it was the newborn king of the Jews. How do we know all this? We don't know. We don't know what the star looked like. We don't know how in the world these guys from another country knew 
that it was going to be the king of the Jews that was related to the star. We don't know. But they did. And while we don't know exactly what it was looked like or how it all happened, we do know that it was miraculous. It was miraculous. Let's read about it. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Wow, what a story. What a story. What I want this story to symbolize to you and to me today is that the long journey, sometimes it's a long journey, can symbolize God's patience and his persistence with you and me. How many of you just know that, hey, you need people to be patient with you, right? If you're married and have a spouse, you know that sometimes people just have to be patient with you and, and you have to be patient with them. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, sometimes we don't think that God will be patient with us. We think that because of our past choices that, that that's gonna change how God loves you or, or loves me. But if there's anything that this story about the wise men displays, it's God's unfailing love and his patience and his persistence towards me and you. These wise men, they somehow knew they were looking for the king of the Jews, Jesus, the new king. They somehow knew it, but they were searching. They probably didn't have all the answers and, and sometimes you're like that, you're just searching. You know there's more out there in life you know that the religion that maybe you grew up around or the religion that you're practicing or the lack of beliefs that you're practicing or, or that you've been holding on to throughout your life, it's just not sitting right. And you're thinking to yourself, man, there's just got to be more to life than this. How many of you know the wise men would have never left their homeland if they didn't think that there's got to be more than this to life? They had to have thought that on the other end of this journey was going to be something that made the journey worth it. And I've seen so many people that their discontent grows in life to a point where it's worth going on their own journey 
of discovery. Your distance today, it might be that you grew up following another religion or, or no religion at all. You grew up, or maybe you, you grew up hearing about Christ, but you're struggling with doubt and you're just wondering how, how true is all of this? Some of you, there's competing voices and ideas and culture that you just are having trouble reconciling with, with, with this good news. Maybe today you're totally not even considering Christ because culture has told you that it's an outdated and archaic man-made religion. No matter what bucket you fall in today, though, you're on a journey. You're on a journey. Sometimes it's a long journey. And you might even say of your own life today that for you to go from where you're at to meeting Jesus and 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 bowing down and worshiping him like these wise men did, that would be a really long journey, right? But the star, it keeps shining. It keeps drawing you. Something keeps drawing you. You still have questions. You still think there's gotta be more to life. And as people journey, There's also forces and people that don't want you to go on the journey towards Jesus. The wise men didn't just have to travel a long distance. They had to go through people like King Herod. Herod was power hungry. He wanted all the control. He would twist situations and he would would twist things to get his own way. This guy was was a mess. King Herod had, had members of his own family killed. And it was no surprise that Jesus, even as a baby, was a threat to him if people were from these other lands were calling him king of the Jews. Isn't that amazing? Listen, there's always going to be people in your life that try to keep you from getting to Jesus, that are going to try to twist who Jesus is and and what he came for and, and, and even just try to try to mess things up. And that's what King Herod was trying to do. He was trying to get them to to reveal Jesus's location so he could enact his own will in the situation. Another thing that I think is just amazing is is that Herod had these Bible scholars around him, these these people that knew the Old Testament and the Word of God. They knew the Bible, but they obviously didn't believe the Bible. Because the experts that knew where Jesus was and where he was supposed to be born and he heard these wise men were going to see Jesus, what did they do? They didn't go. They didn't go. They knew about the story, but they didn't go see Jesus. Can you imagine? These guys show up, they see a star in the sky, they're being led towards the king of the Jews. You know enough of God's word to know that he's coming and that, that you, know, you even know where he's going to be born. But you don't take the long journey to see him. Wow. They knew the Bible, but they didn't believe the Bible. They were so close, six miles in fact, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, but so far at the same time. But what this underlines to us today is that Jesus came for all people everywhere. 
And you might have to travel a little ways. You might have to figure out some, some answers to some of your doubts and some of your questions. You, and you might have to go on a little bit longer journey to meet Jesus. And it, it doesn't feel like a short journey like it did for the shepherds. It feels like, man, I'm going I'm to need some questions answered. But I just want to encourage you today, keep traveling and keep asking. Because there's not a question in your life that is too big for God. There's not, there's not a doubt that you have that Jesus can't give you peace about. But you gotta stand the journey so that you get to that place where you see Jesus face to face. Not what somebody else says about him. Not, not somebody else's plans for your life. No, you wanna get all the way to that point where you meet Jesus like the wise men did. Don't let anything or anyone convince you that Jesus didn't come for you. And keep journeying, even if it's a long journey. The third thing that we see in this story is that sometimes you wait a long time. Sometimes you wait. And some of you today, you feel like you've been waiting a long time for answers in life. You've been waiting a long time. You, you, you're at such and such an age. Some of us are more seasoned than others, right? But you still feel like you, you don't have any answers about why you're really here in life. You've been waiting. Remember I said earlier that there were 700 years from Isaiah's prophecy that we read in Isaiah chapter 7 to Jesus' arrival. And there were people at that time that literally had been waiting their whole entire lives and then some to meet Jesus. In Luke 2, 25 through 28, it tells the story of a man named Simeon. Let's read it. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. Simeon had a divine appointment with the Savior at just the right time and just the right place. Some of you have been asking questions. You've been wondering about Jesus. You've been wondering why your life has fallen apart. You've been wondering why you feel so empty inside and you feel like you're not getting answers, right? And you just keep waiting for something to happen. Simeon knew exactly what he was waiting for. Some of you today, you maybe didn't have any clue what you were waiting for until you began to hear the good news today. That you have a God in heaven that sent his one and only son to die in your place on a cross. He rose again on the third day and he did all that so he could have a real relationship with you. To give you life purpose and meaning. To give you a reason for being. Some of you didn't even know what you were waiting for until now. But you've been waiting a long time and just like Simeon, you're having a divine appointment with the truth today. And it's time to meet Jesus. Amen? The fourth thing and the most encouraging thing about these journeys today is that it doesn't matter if it's the short journey, doesn't matter if it's the long journey, doesn't matter where you're at in the journey, doesn't matter if you've been waiting a long time. The fourth thing today is that Jesus came so that we could all find him. 
He came for all people. Every person that's ever walked the face of this earth, he came to be the savior for all. Look what, it's, look what Simeon said when he met Jesus in Luke chapter two, verse 28. He took the child in his arms and praised God. Now just imagine being able to take the savior of the world in his arms. That's the kind of closeness that God wants to have with you. Now you'll never get to do that, but you can invite the savior to take residence in your heart today. And so he took the savior in his arms and he said, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. So all people and the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Man, some of you need to realize that because in the same way that Simeon was waiting and had met Christ that day, you need to realize that this prophecy was for all of us, that man, God's here for you today. He's here for you today. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to, said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but will oppose him, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will, will pierce your very soul. Now he was talking about how Mary was going to feel a lot of heartache when she saw Jesus on the cross. But in the same way, he's talking about you and me, that we got to do something with Jesus. We got to do something with him. We can't just ignore the fact that he came and died and lived a sinless life and did it all for you and for me. We can't ignore it today. Doesn't matter how short or long your journey is. It doesn't matter how long you have to wait. Because when it comes to Jesus, time and distance are a non-factor. He came for all people. And I want every single person in this room to just rest in the fact that he wants to be found by you today. He wants you to go on this journey today. He wants you to meet him for who he really is. He came to be the savior of your soul. In Acts 17, 27, it says his purpose, his meaning God, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God, perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Listen today, Jesus is close. The wait is over. Your journey can come to an end right now and it can begin it can be the beginning of a new journey in life a new beginning a complete transformation Jesus's presence is here today because he came as a baby and he lived a sinless life and he died on a cross and rose again on the third day his presence is here today and the same Holy Spirit that was with Simeon that day that led him to the temple and led him straight to Jesus it's the same spirit that is drawing you to Jesus today. Amen? 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25 says this. It says, he personally, this is talking about Jesus. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. 
Once you were like sheep who had wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. The guardian of your souls. I've done my best today to share with you the Christmas story, to share with you that no matter where you're at in your journey, you can get to Jesus today. He's here for you. His presence is real for you. What Jesus did for you on the cross is real. And you might say, Joe, well, I don't feel it. I don't feel any different than when I walked in. And I just want to encourage you today, it's not what you feel. It's what's real. And what's real is the love that God has for you. The wise men might have traveled a ways, a long ways, but I think the longest journey in all of history was Jesus' journey from heaven to the cross for you and for me. He did that for you. And now there's no separation. You and I, we have access to Jesus' presence all because of Christmas. When he came as a baby, it was a physical coming. And people had to physically journey to go see him. But now, it's a spiritual journey. We have access to his presence and your journey to Christ can happen today, right now. He is Emmanuel, God with us, right here, right now. And so this Christmas, can you join me? And let it be more than presents and decorations and traditions. It's time to come to Jesus. The band is gonna sing this song that I want you to reflect on the message that you've heard today. And maybe during this song or in the time to follow, it's time to say, God, here's my life. I'm coming to you with all my doubts, with all my questions that aren't answered yet. God, here's my life. I wanna put it in your hands. I wanna trust the savior of the world that came as a baby so that I could be free. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.